Well, hello and welcome to the DC UK podcast. This is season four and it's now episode 10. We are now made it into double digits for the year. And as always, I'm your host, James Graham. As you'll see alongside me to my left, there's only one person. It is Daniel Wise. How are you doing, Daniel? Um, I'm doing okay right now. Uh, I'm, I'm pouring one out for Tom, who who is stuck in that rainy DC traffic right now. Uh, I, I uh, hated that this time of year every time because um, it, it just was very soggy. And it was kind of the lead into those those soupy boiling months of the summer so uh <laughs> that, that's uh campbell's tomato soup that campbell's tomato- <laughs> good pull on that one um but yeah uh you know we miss you tom we wish you were here uh but no you know uh bummer week and i feel it's gonna lead into a, another bummer one um but you know, I, let's just get into it. Let's let's talk things through. Indeed. Uh, so we have a bit of a packed show again, like we did last week. But probably not going to go the quite full ninety minutes plus half time kind of level. I don't yeah. know. We're going to go that far. But as always, we've got uh, guest DC who got some news. Got to go through that Columbus game and mm-hmm. yeah, and then come up with the uh, stuff about the Houston game. You're going to go through some. DCU 101. I, I've still got it down as MLS 101, but it's DCU 101 after a request that came through last week. And we've got some questions to answer from you guys out there. So as always, if you do have any questions, do drop them in the chat. We'll get them answered later on in the show. Um, but feel free to come and join us in the chat and uh, see what's what. So I think we should kick off with uh, the uh, guest DC who. Where we're going to take it down another path we're not just going to have it straight in there and it's just going to be a random player it's going to be linked to the game that's coming up this week so this player it's related to DC United versus Houston Dynamo when we last beat them at home which is way back when was that again I did get the date May 22nd 2014 Yikes. Was, when was the last time we beat them at home? And that was obviously at the RFK, not Audi Field. Um, but we beat them 2-0 in that game. Um, so, But the player that I want you to take a little while to guess at, when I get my graphic up, uh, where is he? That is the guy who scored the second goal of the game. He's an Argentinian forward. Mm, uh-huh. That is your your clue for this week. That's it. That, that, that is literally is Argentinian forward. Who? Well, I'll give you a little bit more to it. So okay, yeah. So he's currently thirty-seven years old. Uh-huh. So, um, so thinking back to twenty fourteen, he would have been what twenty-nine. Yep. Yeah. He played for DC United fifty-nine times in total, scoring twenty goals. And he had a how how can I put it a he had a celebration that was known known for him, and there was a little thing that's when he was playing for a previous team, he scored a goal, he did a celebration, it was ruled offside, and he got injured doing the celebration. Uh-huh. 
Oh no. <laughs> Which is amazing. I, I I don't know that story. But I think I I think I have a guess. Uh yeah. is he is he more of a central striker or a wing type? It's more of a central striker. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And any any initial thoughts? I'm I'm I you know I'm I'm trying to think of the names. I'm trying to remember some from that time. You'll need to come back to me though. Okay. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys know it out there, do let us know in the chat or if you're listening to the show after the fact, do drop us a message on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And if there's anyone you want to know, drop me a DM who you want me to use on the show because I think that will be a good way of getting some more on there. But, you know, as always, it will be against it'll be a player linked to the uh, game that we're coming up with. So yeah. let me get and, rid of Go for Good it. evening to Isaiah right there. Indeed. The chat. Welcome to the show. Um, recent subscriber to the uh, YouTube channel, I see. So thank you for that. And if you haven't subscribed already, this is a great opportunity to come and subscribe. Just hit that hit that button if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to onto any podcast provider, do give us a little follow um, on there as well. And give us a little rating and a review as we've had a few recently and they've all been positive. So I can't argue with that. Fantastic. So news. So a few things. I think the big thing that's happened and it's not DC related, but I think it's good for the league is uh, Seattle Sanders winning the Champions League. Now, for me, over here, it was difficult to actually even watch it or see anything about it. But I don't know whether, did you manage to catch anything from the game or catch any sort of reaction to it? As as someone who cut the, cut the cord, uh, I don't have uh, the Fox Sports channels as far as, you know, kind of mm. like a, a package thing. Uh, so I unfortunately missed out on it. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, congratulations to them. I think mm. the point is, is I think it's good to kind of revel in it uh, right now. But for sure, I think um, there's going to have to be a couple more championships that come MLS's way before, you know, the the MLS, MLS crowd can truly say like, MLS is is in contention with Liga MX, so yeah, yeah, uh, but but good for them. Love it, love yeah. to see it. Yeah, it's uh, a, it's a good start, isn't it? A, everything needs that needs to have a beginning, but they're not the first MLS team to win the Champions League. Hey, we're going down that road. I, granted, it's not in the current format, but no, <laughs> you know, yeah, we were there first. Lots of firsts with that team. First MLS championship, first uh, CONCACAF championship, you know? It's what DC does. Yeah. Not much recently, but it's what we did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Even I'm getting down on the team at the moment, but there you go. Um, Other bits of news, one that's... um, which has kind of shocked me, actually, was about um, DC adding an MLS Next Pro team from in Baltimore. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, boy, you know, I am a soothsayer when it comes to DC United uh, mentioning Gareth Bale and, you know, yeah. doing MLS 101 on MLS Next Pro. Yeah. Uh, DC starts, you know, so, or or kind of news comes out about this. And it's it's it makes total sense uh, considering the fact that a lot of Maryland prospects mm-hmm. end up in the Philadelphia Academy um just because of better proximity uh so getting up in baltimore and having that mls next pro side there uh is a a really good uh call for dc uh loud you know it's just it's it's kind of it's out there you know uh it's it's one of those places where yeah but then again like virginia maryland like dc like that that whole the whole dmv area is just mm. uh very soccer rich um so i think having that in in kind of that centralized area is is a a good thing for dc especially especially when it comes from or it comes to uh nabbing some prospects from philly yeah yeah, we know how good Philly's Academy has been over the years, especially yeah. recently as well. <laughs> and, and it's translated uh, pretty well to their side. Um, just, you know, they're they're a team uh, that's that's growing. So, yeah, no, this, yeah. Is, this is a good call by DC. Um, for those out there who maybe just don't know their American geography quite as well as <laughs> locals, let's put it that way, um, for Baltimore wise, um, read us how far away is that from DC? Yeah, it's it's not terrible, uh, but you know, in terms of if you're talking about the Beltway, it is still forever. Uh, it's it's about, I mean, you I'd want to say like forty minutes as, oh. as far as like you know, kind of like a you know Amtrak ride. Like it is not long at all, but yeah. I think if you're talking yes by roadway uh it it can get up there just just depending on how things roll on God, is that 495 yeah on on 495 um it's just uh yeah it's rough yeah. around that area but yeah no baltimore it's a it's a great area great metro and yeah uh any sort of sort of link we can have there is is really great yeah cool so hopefully that will see that come come true Mm-hmm. And we get something out of it. And yeah, I mean, granted, it's going to be one of those things where we're not going to see the fruits of it straight away. It's going to take a few years for anything to come out of it. But yeah, we should be good. Uh, Heather's just dropping in the chat. It's DMV track. It's a double the miles and add 30 minutes to estimate travel time. Yeah. Fair. Yep. It's <laughs> a good way to uh, know how far you need to, before you need to set off. That's good. Um other bits of news one again one that isn't dc related uh, montreal um club foot the montreal law impact montreal montreal impact whichever version you're going to go with um they're redesigning their badge which is going to be used for next year um i i saw something with them but it was all in quebecois so i was like okay whatever <laughs> so i didn't even this is the first time like hearing of that so i'm like okay yeah. So, so what's the what's the story behind that? Uh there's bit. I mean, I don't mind that, but I think it's quite a nice one. But apparently, there's been quite a bit of backlash about behind it. So, yeah, they've gone. They're going back to the drawing board. They're um, oh, 
Where is it? Let me just try and find it quickly. Uh, Montreal. Their current badge is very corporate. It just it, it oh, yeah. reminds me of like a corporate art piece, um, of of just nice, nice looking geometric shapes and you know really well uh considered colors and all of that so like i mean it makes sense in in that way but like yeah like i don't know yeah. what the identity of that is yeah so this is their statement um that they came out in english because i can't read the other language or speak it um we have listened to our supporters and our partners make of that one we, we, that you will we will soon un- unveil a new logo which will be officially used as of the 2023 season this emblem will highlight several key elements of our identity and history uh sure uh yeah yeah if, i mean <laughs> if that's the case then then go for it you know uh yeah uh otherwise i don't know uh, yeah, I feel yeah. I feel nothing looking at their uh, current logo, and yeah, if they come up with something, I, I don't know. I, I know almost nothing about Montreal, so I, I'd be it, interested it's in Canada. to see. It, it, <laughs> yes, it's in. <laughs> That's about as much as I know from that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what that looks like now. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to see whether they stick with the blue and the black or whether they go down a slightly different route because, you know, this is their time to rebrand themselves. But, you know, I'm not so sure on that. I know (laughs) I don't mind it. It's clean. It's it's not bad. It's nowhere near Columbus crew level. Yeah. Um, And, you know, yeah. Whatever. If the fans aren't happy with it, the fans aren't happy with it. You've got to listen to to the bread and butter, you, the ones who come in and uh, spend the money for the team. So, yeah. um, the other bit, which is DC related, um, Ben Olsen stepping down as president of uh, Washington Spirit. Um, this kind of happens not long after Hernan Lasada was fired. My instant thought was, he's coming back. <laughs> I was a little bit worried. You don't want to be, uh, you don't want to go back to your exes. No, no. I mean, it was it wasn't a great breakup, and you don't want to tread on that water again. But uh, yeah, stepped down, and he got his um, championship ring, I think, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny looking at him today, especially in light of uh, Facebook reminding me uh, this morning of when I first met Ben Olsen. Um, yeah, you know, he 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 definitely looks a little grayer now. Like he, he is little. very Gandalf <laughs> at the moment. Uh, and then, yeah, from seven years ago, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's I, I think I think that's just. Maybe 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 things were real bad at the spirit, and so you know. Uh, but but uh, no, you know uh, I don't. Yeah, who knows what he's doing next? But uh, you know I've always always liked him as a person, uh, as yeah. a coach, uh, as well. You know maybe not necessarily tactically, but like he he seemed to be a really good presence and really good ambassador for the team. Really approachable yeah. too. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, no, uh, happy trails to him wherever he is ending up next. 
Yeah, maybe he will go into do his art full time. Maybe that would be great. No, yeah. that would be lovely. Yeah, he's, he's uh, some of the stuff he he's able to come out with. It is actually really. Good. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a, in any way, shape, or form into art or anything. But he's talented. Yeah, that is definitely the case. Um, I just want to come up uh, about this question that Cameron's just uh, posted in the chat. Which is random question. Screaming Eagles is making a new TIFO. If you could choose what TIFO, what would you make? <laughs> what would you have as your TIFO? I mean, at the moment, I would have to have taxi in a taxi. Taxi in a taxi, yeah. Inception, yeah. right there. <laughs> that, um, that's what I would do. Is just taxi in a taxi, or the or the Golakamara hype train. That's also really good. You know, it's funny. I So this week's uh, DCU 101 is actually kind of like an overview on the uh, supporter culture. Uh, not, you know, just kind of very much a, a baseline overview. But um, it, it had me reminiscing a little bit of those years um, at RFK. Like, that's where I spent most of my time watching games. And, uh, yeah, there was something really cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird because going from RFK where they would essentially fill that entire eastern end um of the stands uh it's just the now it's sort of like this kind of just one section you know kind of next to the heineken bar uh but like yeah the kind of i i saw the old tifo back when uh dc made that uh playoff run um and what was that 20 that was 2012 um where you know is the bill hamid they can't hold us back. Oh. And so the, the, the downside is that you had two supporter groups kind of creating the same TIFO, but it was, it was kind of different style yeah. uh, on each end. But um, that, that's such a cool scene. And, and seeing um, just that entire end of the stands um, just full of TIFOs is just super rad. Um, so I don't know, like something, something, some sort of RFK callback would be super cool. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't want that memory to ever leave DC no. as much as like Audi Field is, is a very nice stadium and all that. Uh, I, I want RFK to always have, you know, it, that's that's where the team grew up. That's where, you know, that yeah. that place had such an impact uh, with every supporter. Um, so that's that's what I would want. I'd want some sort of callback on that. Yeah, I mean, just liking some of the messages that are coming through here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. Well, let's go into that one too much. But um, yeah, the other thing would be um, raccoons. Raccoons, absolutely. Gotta um, have the raccoons there, and the, in know. the T four, that's got to in every single T four that we do going forward. Yeah, there should be some raccoon as an Easter egg on there. And and the old lot eight memories, uh, you know, Barra Brava's Hell's Kitchen, and uh, the the kegs over at the Screaming Eagles tailgates. Like, no, they were just just super cool memories. And another memory came up uh, where like <laughs> I came across just like a random pair of like dirty underwear in a gardening glove, just what? in the just oh. in the middle of the walkway. And this was at lot eight. And I was like, oh, someone had like a really interesting night. So. Like it was the weirdest I'm thing. Right. Uh, um, there's interesting, and then there's interesting. 
fascinating. Um, but there was there is a vibe to Lot Eight where you could kind of just you know chill out with whoever. Um, it yeah. was just super cool, and yeah, uh, love those memories. Don't ever live it, lose it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It needs to remain a part of the club forevermore. Um, cool. Should we talk about that game from last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. In in. <sighs> Yeah, I will. I will preface this uh, in in that I I don't read much into this game uh, as as a, a tale of things to come. Although the next game could also be disastrous as well. Uh, but the thing is, as as far you know, or or as as I forget how I sort of uh, put a caveat in here, mm. but. More often than not, DC always finds um, new and exciting ways to throw games away in Columbus. Like you can set your watch yeah. to it. You you don't need a crystal ball. Uh, DC could put together a team of invincibles and still find a way to lose in Columbus. Uh, yeah. I, I you countered saying they did win uh, last, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, but that was an exception to the rule. So yeah, I, I don't take much from that loss, uh, you know, and, and to be fair, like, it's not like DC got completely outplayed in every sense of the word. Uh, they, they found ways in, it says they were cursed that night. The woodwork came out big for Columbus and, Julian Gressel is just not a striker. <laughs> so. Absolutely not. Jesus. Yeah, it, it just it wasn't to be that night. Um, I mean, as always, I'll, I'll quickly run through some of the uh, the match stats. So, uh, yeah, three nil on the night. Possession wise, though, we uh, we had fifty seven point two percent compared to their forty two point eight. Yeah. Um, Thirteen shots for Columbus, eleven for us, so we were out shots. Um, Shot on target, three apiece. So Kempen didn't make a single save. Um, offsides, three apiece as well. Fouls, back to the old ways of uh, giving that, away too many fouls. It, too many fouls, but I that that ref was very whistle happy. Oh, God, yeah. That yeah. night. Uh, that was really frustrating to watch. I won't say that that was a determining factor. I, I truly don't believe it ever is. Um, but... That that yeah, you know, I I don't think that game ever truly got into a rhythm. Yeah. No. Uh, and then the last bit was the expected goals, which was fairly even, one point five to one point four. So yeah. on that side of things, a little bit closer. But there's one thing I do want to bring up on screen, um, which is Kempen's positioning for Pedro Santos's goal. Yeah. Um, which I did mention in the DCUK chat and uh if you do want to come and become a member of DC UK, just uh, head to uh, dcnightkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, well, we were better on XG, but we lack quality in the final third. Adding taxi isn't enough. Who do we add though? I mean, it's sort of Gareth the thing. Bale. Like, yeah, exactly. Gareth Bale. Uh, I feel like the final third was um, something that got a, a lot of 
looking at, you know, in, mm. in terms of the off season. Although I, I'm sure a lot of people would argue that the off season was generally wasted. Yeah. Um, we the the team did try to add quality to that final third. Uh, you know, I but it's tough when you bring in uh, a new player like Estrada, uh, who who needs to kind of find his way in there and I, I don't think necessarily uh working alongside uh with with uh Flores has been the best situation for him. Yeah. I Gressel Gressel, you know, he's been working really, really hard, but he had a knock early on. Um so you know it's it's one of those things where I I don't think the team is necessarily in that bringing the support or or having a lot of that capability in the final third. Uh yeah. so yeah we're just there's a lot of pieces that just aren't necessarily fitting together. So we'll see after we'll see how things go yeah. uh, going forward. But for me, even then, yes, we added players in the final third, but we didn't do anything in the back. Yeah. And that's been like last season. That was one of our biggest crooks is the fact that we were conceding so many goals yeah. at really important times as well. Um, and we didn't do anything about it. I mean, Christ, we lost um, Kevin Predis. Yep. Who was uh, our left wing back and replaced him with Brad Smith for a lot of gam, which, I mean, granted, we got quite a lot from doing those sales, but yeah, Brad Smith just hasn't cut it just yet. He hasn't quite settled into the pace of the uh, of the tactics. So there's that. Um, but yeah, going back to Kempen, um and unfortunately, after the previous week where he played really, really well, made some fantastic saves, um, I just want to bring up his positioning for their free kick goal, uh, like I said, from Pedro. So this is where he was originally. Yeah. So you can see he's pretty central. He's got a good line sight of the of the ball. Yeah. Um, you've got, um, I can't remember who it was lying down on the ground. Absolutely fine. No worries on that one. Plays... I mean, you look at the defense there and the Columbus attackers on the left side, there's three, there's one man free there at the back post. You could say you probably want to mark a little bit better there. Mm. But as the ball crosses the line, just watch where Kemper moves. Yeah. He moves behind the wall. Yeah. Uh, So he, he moves in the wrong direction. He's preempting where there's where this goal this ball is gonna go and he's got it completely wrong. Um and if you if I go back, so you can see where the ball is in that bottom left hand corner. And and you make that move if you think he's gonna pull off like a a Zidane, you know, banana shot or something like <laughs> that. But like, yeah, you would no, it makes sense. Like you would not go that direction because that is such yeah. a difficult um, spin to put on the ball to even yeah. get in that position. I mean, you look at how close they are to the eighteen yard box. Mm-hmm. It's never gonna go over the wall. Because it's, it just doesn't have enough. There's not enough distance for it to go over the wall and back down again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just not good intelligence to move to the right on something like that. And you look at, I mean, even there, um, you can tell what type of run up he's get, he's going to give. He's going to yeah. he's going to absolutely hammer the ball. Yeah. And if the wall's doing their job properly, they'll block that. If it goes to Kempen's right. So why, why, why did he move to the right? 
I just don't understand that. So. It's so weird considering he had um, just a lights out game um, the week before. Yeah. Now, you know, it, lights out is probably subjective and like, you know, he still allowed two balls through. They weren't easy, but um, mm. yeah, that that is an easy one relatively speaking to save because that was just it was a hard low strike even if you can't catch it he i don't think anyone's really catching that. but yeah that is that is a ball you just push away and yeah that's just that's rough yeah yeah i mean when i first saw the goal going and i was like i was like fair play that was a great free kick no, you wouldn't be able to stop that then i saw the replays i was like oh geez yeah what was he doing moving moving so far right. and it wasn't like it was just a single step to the right no it was he's physically moved properly body has moved yeah yeah so yeah that that's the bit that really got to me on that game um and speaking as a as a keeper yourself exactly yeah it's just like <laughs> i'm looking at it, i'm like you just want i'm just gonna bring it back up again in the original <laughs> position yeah. Right. You look at his stance. His head is oh, is in front of his feet. Mm-hmm. He is not. Oh, we got we got some GK one hundred and one here. Yeah, he's he's leaning. He's not balanced properly, so he's leaning far too forward. So he's not going to be in a good good balance position. So he's not going to be able to tiptoe around, trying to get so he can quickly dive one way or another way. And it's just. You just think, right, okay. And then you look over to there and his stance is so wide. He's gone from yeah. being over the top to being incredibly wide. It's like, right, okay, you're not going to be able to... If you're then going to that kind of stance, you, you've literally planted yourself in that one position. Mm-hmm. You haven't even got a hope in hell of even diving anywhere. You've just gone, yeah. So, yeah, it just annoyed me quite a lot. Yeah. So I can imagine. Yeah, there you go. That's that. Um, other than that, it was the first game I'd watched after recovering from COVID. So I was kind of excited. I was really looking forward to it. And it went down like that. I was really angry. Yeah. I still am. So, you know. I am. The, the, so <laughs> I think it was, uh, yeah, it was that week. Um, uh, Columbus was commemorating the uh, famous scoreboard fire. Yeah, from Jesus, nine, nine years, years ago, ago. Yeah. and that just bothers me because that that going to that game, that was the first road trip I took to Columbus, but still, that does not feel that long ago. And uh, fun fact: DC United also lost three nothing in that game. So. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not let them reminisce or celebrate that around. fire ever again. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh man, right. So yeah, so I mean, I saw a couple of things coming through on the chat. Guna boy, thank you for being present in the chat. It's great to see these comments coming through. Um, we were better on XG, but yeah, I mean, we had gone through that. But if the players don't fit, is that recruitment or coaching? Both. Yeah, because the coaching need to speak to recruitment to tell them what type of players that they want. But then it's also the recruitment's. Uh, responsibility to actually then go out and get the right players to fit that so one if the coaching aren't 
getting or knowing what type of players to get in. Recruitment aren't going to have a hope in hell, but if they are and the recruitment aren't doing their job, then it's just kind of, it can, to me, that's, it's both parties that are at fault. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can tell, obviously, Ernan lost his job for a multi- multiple facets of his coaching style and what he said in the press and things like that. But, you know, everyone's going to take some accountability on this for what's happened. And, and Casper, who's obviously been around for, well, probably since the dinosaurs were around, because it feels like that long, um, he's got to take some a massive responsib- amount of responsibility for the recruitment. Um, I'm really... The one thing, I mean, I was, I'm saying this because I'm not just because I'm English, but genuinely, I am sick to death of seeing the amount of hate towards Lucy Rushton. Yeah. I genuinely, I mean, yes, she's English, um, and I'm going to have her back because of that, but it, she's, I mean, yes, she's been, what, at the club for, what, just over 12 months? Probably somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. She's not had a any chance to get embedded into the into the club bring any of these types of players and yes she I mean she brought Joseph Martinez across great signing but you know she she has that ability and she knows the types of players that can work yeah Taxi's already turned out to be I I you know I, like I Taxi, think it, yeah. he's he's um He's got a lot of quality to him. He's a live uh, wire, isn't he? He is basing, quick. Basing this uh, Columbus game off of that just, I, I, I think, is unfair. I, I don't think you start saying whether or not he fits in the system or whether or not he he contributes uh, is is a little little extreme. But mm. um, yeah, no, who was it? I think it was Angus brought a good point about Casper. Is the guy knows the MLS like financing rules oh, yeah. probably better than most. Uh, and, better, and, than, better than uh, Don Garber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I think, you know, that's probably the value he holds and probably why uh, he'll, he, you know, uh, unless some sort of scandal breaks out, uh, mm. he, he doesn't leave on, unless it's his own volition. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, how do you replace that knowledge? But yeah, then again, sometimes you just need that fresh pair of eyes just to bring bring some new things to the club, new ideas. And that, that was the whole point of Fernand was yeah. to freshen things up. And he certainly did that. Um, he's changed how the club is perceived in terms of their style of play. No longer Benny Ball, but yeah, it's, uh, it's that is that. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, What's... John uh, saying, feeling like the movement uh, of the ball in the game was way too slow, slow to match the creativity and pace of Taxi. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and I'm sure he is uh, adjusting um, himself as well. So yeah, it's tough. It's it's a weird year where like new players are adjusting. They just got rid of the coach. Uh, this is this is gonna be a mess. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't declare this a dumpster fire yet. Uh, no. I don't see 2013 uh, on the horizon, but who knows? That might just come out of up, out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, it's certainly tough right now. Um, I mean, 
going on that, what did you make of Flores in that game? Because to me, it was a bit of a, it was just non-existent again. Yeah. Um, what, what was it? Was it this game or was it the game? It might have been the game prior where uh, he, he was making a run with the ball uh, and he passed it to his left to nobody at all. Um, yeah, it, I think it was. I think it was in the New England game where he had a run going, yeah. and he was thinking that I want oh, how who who would have been probably think maybe he, no Roberta maybe okay yeah. yeah uh was maybe coming up on the wing. Uh, and he wasn't, and so the ball just went harmlessly to the corner, and it was it was just a completely. He could have done a multitude of other things. He could have passed to the right. He could have gone for some sort of nutmeg. He could have just held up and and let the support come in. But yeah. um, I don't know. His head is just in a lot of different places right now, and and yeah. I don't know what it is. It is. Um, he might just be thinking something else and, and we, we may not see him next season. Who knows? But yeah, I really don't think we'll see him next season. Yeah. I think we need to cut our losses on this one. It's just not worked out. I don't think the injuries at the, just after he came to the club has helped in any way. And obviously COVID Mm -hmm. didn't help, but it's just not clicked. No. It really has not clicked whatsoever. Um, I mean, Heather was asking about what happens with the recruiting trips to Brazil and Argentina. Um, if you know me, I follow um, our director of scouting and see what he's up to. Um, he's all over the place. Let's put it that way. So who knows who who we're scouting um, and what's happening. But, you know, he's a good lot- guy. Well worth a follow on Instagram. A lot of it could be academy stuff. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is fruits that we probably won't see for another maybe three to five years mm. uh, from what's happening right now. Because honestly, like when you're talking about MLS, you you almost if you're talking about like international players, you kind of have to like bring them up uh, through through you know the the academy system. Because um, otherwise, yeah, you're you're talking. Um, uh, international spots and DPs and all of that. So I yeah. think they are trying to kind of plant the future uh, uh, with some younger kids. So yeah, we might not see this for a while. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to this weekend's game, mm-hmm. which is up against Houston Dynamo. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not going to leave that graphic up. That's covering me far too much. That's what happens when Tom, you don't come on the show. <laughs> you ruin our layouts. <laughs> but yeah, so this weekend we are up against Houston Dynamo. Um, standard sort of kickoff time, 7.30 uh, Eastern time, 12.30 yeah. British time, 6.30 your time, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever else in the world you are. Um, but head to head wise, it's not looking great. Let's put it that way. So who's we're, in, uh, we're we're talking a three five eleven advantage to Houston on this yeah. one. This is or or eleven. I guess you would say eleven five three uh, to Houston. It's just 
Uh, and, and I, whenever I think of Houston, I remember uh, that, oh, yeah, that the 2012 playoffs. Um, was it 2014? Oh, I'm trying to remember. It was when DC got, they were about, I think it was semifinals, um, mm. where we just got absolutely throttled. Uh, by Houston, it was a thing where, like, the, I think they recorded the the largest crowd at RFK for a DC United match or something. And like, oh, wow. I think they even like opened up this the second deck, and like they were uh, embarrassed in front of like a massive, massive crowd. And that was just that was a huge bummer. That was a, that was a game that I left um, oh. just in tears. It was bad. Oh dear, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. I'll just see if I can find that particular game. Let's see if let's have a look. So DC United. I've got there's this website that I use that um, comes oh. up with all the head to head stuff. Okay, really good. Um, so let's have a look. So do, 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 do. Uh, when we were playing at home. RFK, would that be in a 3-1? It may have been. Uh, but to me, I, I, I seem to like feel like we lost like six and nothing in that match. It was it was really bad. Like they completely outplayed us. Uh the biggest scoreline uh, between the two teams. Um there's been a couple of four nils, four ones. Uh, there was a four three in back in two thousand nine. I, I could even be thinking of a complete because twenty thirteen we got beat four nil at home. Four nil at home. It yeah. might have been a different tech, or I'm trying to think. It was that was it Houston now? <laughs> uh, Doesn't tell me the attendance. That's really annoying. No, um, but yeah, you know what? No, it couldn't have been Houston because they're Western Conference, and this was in. Uh, oh, was this playoff. actual playoffs? Oh, but I know it was like a Texas team or something. But like we, yeah, DC got embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I just know, yeah, Houston is just not uh, a wonderful matchup no, for us. Not at all. Um, so in the last five fixtures, uh, Houston have won two and drawn three. <laughs> They've not lost anything in the last five. Yeah. They average 1.92 points against us in the in the 26 matches that they've been in MLS. And they've only done better against one other team in the league, and that was against Shivas, and where they averaged 2.16. So when Houston come to play DC, they know they're going to get points. Yeah. Which is a shame. Um in sort of current form, we've lost five of our last six games. Houston are on a two-game losing streak at the moment, so they're out of form slightly. Uh, we've conceded 13 goals in the last six games, um, and we've not scored in the second half in those six games either. Mm. So if you want to watch this game, watch the first half. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's my top tip. Watch the first half. Um, but other news, apart from head-to-head stuff, that uh, Bill Hamid is back. He's no longer on the injury list anymore, which is great to see. It's a bit of a shame for Rafael Romo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not really going to see any game time. Um, that Do you reckon that's going to make a big difference, having Bill back in, the, in between sticks? 
I th- I think you're guaranteed a loss of Kevin is back in there. Uh, but you know, I th- I think that's the, the you know, it could end in a tie. But I I don't know. It, it is at home in DC, but I don't think that plays a huge factor in this. Um, I don't know. It could it could very well end up as a tie. But yeah, DC has to be able to put up goals. Yeah, uh, to compete in this. If if that front three, whoever it is. Um, just has another ghost of a game um, like they did in Columbus. Mm. Uh, this could get bad. Yeah. It was a ghost train in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Um, they've got three DPs in their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, teenage Hadibi, who's not a teenager anymore. He's actually 26. Um, he's a defender. Um, a Zimbabwean international. Uh, Darren Quintero. Um, who we all know he's a great striker Um, usually scores lots of goals he's scored four so far this season and that other DP is Sebastian Ferreira who is also a striker and has also scored four goals this season yeah he's he's uh, very good yeah so we're up against it to put to say the least Um, but it's just I want to say Oh, kind of going back. I think it was FC Dallas. I get the two uh, Texas teams confused in terms of like which one is is Western Conference and one yeah. what, which one is Eastern. Um, but yeah, anyways, yes. uh, no, I, oh, I, if I'm generous, I think DC goes out with a tie. But I don't, I don't feel generous, not with yeah the current state of the attackers. Yeah. And that that's the big thing. That's the key for this game is actually do the forwards play well together or will Chad be brave and change things up? Because if he he <laughs> he could stick with Flores, which Whoa. would be incredibly disappointing. I will be fuming if Flores yeah. isn't benched this week. Um he just his form just doesn't deserve to be in DP or not. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're not if you're not playing well. You're not playing well. You shouldn't be in the team, right? Um, I mean, I would love to see him go back to how he was playing when he was last ta- last interim coach, and that was four four two. I would love to see that back. <laughs> you will never give up that four four two. I love nope. it. No, no, nope. <laughs> no um, way will I give up the four four two. I'm trying to think like, you know, uh, you know, they were they were lined up in a three, four, three against Columbus. Do you drop someone back? Go three, five, two. I mean, and and do you control them? Because you could see that DC was definitely playing the more, you know, sort of compress and expand uh yeah. type of uh offense or or type of of i guess strategy mm. in that last game um so so i you know i'm trying to think you know do you do you take that same approach but you know or or you know with a 343 three, or do you go maybe a little more aggressive 352 and Find find like two players who can partner super well up top, and and just try to control the middle. And then when you get possession, just try to get back in there. You find that you find those quick counters, 
get the defense off balance and you just try to like get it as soon as possible. A little bit, you know, kind of taking that Lasada approach of, you know, get the ball early counter and get the ball in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to find the injury report because there's one thing I want to check on there about what you just said about the lineup. I would mind seeing the three, five two. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see Jafar come back into the starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you look, when we looked back at when Durkin made his first appearance, and you had Canals, Durkin, and Jafal in centre mid. Yeah. How much more controlled our possession was? How and, how and great that's... it was we could just rely on those three in the centre just to dictate play. Yeah, and not just control, but also uh, you know getting in the heads of of the opposition. Like, yeah, Jafal. Yeah. You know, it, it hurts to lose uh, Paradez, but having Jafal there to he is a little bit more you know or he is a little bit of that you know kind of like honey badger type uh he gets it he he gets stuck in as much as he wants uh yeah. I, I i think yeah you definitely play him yeah. uh and you control that middle i think that's what you do against houston yeah absolutely when you as we talked about when you got quintero and ferrera and yeah. if we're playing three at the back that could yep. be a recipe for disaster right there. So having that extra man in midfield, mm-hmm. I think would make a lot of sense. Whether you drop, make it so that it's Canals who sits just in front of that back three. And then you've then you got Durkin and Jafal controlling it, that little bit more of attacking play. Mm-hmm. It could, that's, yeah. If we're going to go three at the back, that's how I would do it. Yep. So... Yeah. What about you? What would you What would you do? I th- you know, I, I kind of just to reiterate. I think yeah, uh, you go with like a balanced three five two. You control the middle, and I want to say you put Taxi and Estrada up top, and yeah, you you just you you have to be lightning quick. You have to not only just in regaining possession and in sort of harrying the defense, but also just getting the ball. Uh, into that attacking third, into the box. Um, I think you just have to be so, so quick. Um, Not necessarily in like the the full field sense, but just in those quick movements, quick passes. And DC is capable of this. You know, we've seen some really good link up play uh, when they get that going. Um, But I think you you just, it's got to be instinctual. It's got to be fast. It's got to be, you have to do that. Yeah. And if we play Flores, that's never going to happen. No, no. Um, I was just kind of looking on uh, Goff's uh, Twitter, um, just seeing if there's any other little nuggets of information that would come out today. Anyway, um, he's shared a video of Bill Hamid um, back in training, um, saying that he nice. looks good to go. Romo yeah. received his work visa and is eligible for selection. Okay. So that's always good. Uh, Romo trained with uh, Hamid and Kempen today. And there is some bail stuff as well, as mentioned, uh, which yeah. is, yeah. Uh, DC United and Gareth Bale's reps remain in communication, sources say. Other clubs interested, of course. No decision expected until after Wales World Cup playoff. Meantime, yeah. DCU has three other Euro-based players on DP shortlist. Mm. Ooh. Mm. 
Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Who could that be? Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I could not deal with that. No, I, 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 I know Tom think. would love it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think of that, it would probably be Lingard. I, I want to say is like probably the most sensible uh, right there. Um, mm, I think he'd still stay in Europe. I think he's uh, he's still young enough. I think it feels like he's been around forever, but I think yeah. he's still young enough. Yeah, that he's got a good chance. I think he'd end up at West Ham. Okay. Because he had that loan spell at West Ham. The fans loved him. Mm-hmm. There seemed to be a real affinity between both the player and the club. I think West Ham would be silly not to go for him. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to be fair, you're right, though. He is one of those guys who is coming up out of contract in the summer. And it's something, someone we could definitely... It would benefit the team, yeah. definitely. So... But it's all interesting. Three DP, three Euro players on a DP short list. Yeah, that's that's hmm. bold. Yeah, it's uh, bold. But you know, I, it could be. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I have to think on that. I have to think on that, and uh, have maybe have a little more of a thorough. Yeah. Uh, Gonna have to have a good look online, see who's coming up out of contracts. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't have to be just out of contract players, though. I mean, no. we're just instantly going that way because that's how our brains have been wired to think about how we mm-hmm. would sign someone. But there could be other ones. Yep. So, and that just opens up a whole new pool of players that you could choose from. But, um, Erling so, Holland. Oh shit! No. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine him in MLS right now? How I, how uh, he would tear the league apart? I, that would be that would be oh, insane. Gressel's assist tally would just go through the roof. <laughs> Who does Memphis Depay play for these days? Barcelona. Uh, Hey, I think he's doing all right over there. Yeah. Dharma Triore. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like where you're going with that. Okay. The pace. I mean, if, if former Borough player, knowing how good he is and sprinting and how quick he is, uh-huh. and apparently he's never been in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. I think he's been in the gym a few times. And what? There was a game he was playing when he was at Wolves. Mm-hmm. They covered him in baby lotion and baby oil. So players couldn't grab him. Yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good tactic. I think uh, I think we should uh, take that on board with some of our players. Just rub him in uh, baby oil. and uh, uh, the, the DC humidity does that enough for you anyway. Yeah, true. Fair oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could you imagine baby oil and the sweats? Oh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a show title if there ever is one baby yeah. on sweats oh, that could be an album name yep yeah god oh, oh that could that could be the the theme of the season probably the baby oil and sweats that's how i'm feeling right now oh. anyway, <laughs> predictions for the weekend then honest uh, predictions yeah, so two things 
DC just still is not tidy when it comes to set pieces. Uh, if if they get more than one set piece, I think one of those goes in. Uh, yeah. And Fiera is just so good right now. Um, I'm I would call him for a goal. I don't know about our attacking side, so I'm going to say two nothing. Oh, brutal! Yeah. Brutal. Um, I'm going to go for a one-one tie. Hey. I'm not going for a win, and that's that's saying something. Yeah, but I think it's going to be. We're not going to. We're not going to beat Houston this weekend. I just can't see it. There's, yep. The only way, and I hate myself for saying it because it gives me some hope, is if we don't play Flores. Mm-hmm. And if we don't play Flores, and we have that Jafal, Dirk, and Canals midfield, I will feel a little bit more optimistic that we're going to get something out of the game yeah. but the the chances of that happening are so slim yeah I just can't see Chad's dropping Flores he should have done it he should have done it before he in the first game he should never have played him but there we go so um, and we've had uh, someone from uh, Adelaide and Australia coming in I like that. We've got someone from down under, uh, Alex in Adelaide. Welcome to the show. Go Jets. Is that Adelaide's? Uh, Is that that A-League? Newcastle Jets? Uh, I think there's an, isn't there an Adelaide team? Alex, could you? There there is. There is for sure. Uh, Let's have a look. Uh, No, there's Adelaide United. Adelaide United. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, who's who are coming? Uh, I'm assuming this is UK time. Um, yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah, uh, they're playing Western United this weekend. Nice, and they've just recently beaten Brisbane Raw 2 0 and Perth Glory and Sydney FC and MacArthur. Their last defeat was back in 2nd of April against Melbourne Victory. Get in there. I, I like, like it. I, I feel like I should start supporting Adelaide United. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ah, there we go. Fantastic. Right. Uh, we're coming to time for yeah. your five minutes with Professor DC UK for MLS 101. So, Professor Wise. Yeah. Uh, let me get my stopwatch out. I, I don't have a lot of preamble for this because I I, I do have a lot to work through here, yeah. I think. So I'm I'm going to jump into it as soon as you're ready. Cool. I will give you the three, two, one countdown. So in three, two, one. So DC United has a rich history of memorable moments, championship trophies, and stadium animals. But it wouldn't be the club it is today without the supporters. I know we've covered things that are unique to MLS, but supporter culture is universal in soccer. However, for those who aren't familiar with MLS supporter groups, it is helpful to know the difference in groups associated with DC United. There are five groups officially recognized by DC, and while their approaches are different, they are all celebrate one team. There's a sixth group that I would like to recognize who existed before the move to the Audi Field, though, for those old heads out there. 
Uh, since DC United moved to Audi Field, there's been much unrest about the supporter groups. Uh, there's been way too much to unpack in five minutes, let alone of ser- a series of five-minute stints. So I will largely avoid those topics and instead focus on the groups as entities. Libera Brava or the Brave Fans, is one of the two founding members of the Black and Red supporter groups. They were founded in 1995 by Bolivian immigrants who were particularly galvanized by the presence of Jaime Moreno and Marco Echeverri. They wanted to bring the South American supporter culture without the violence. They're dubbed DC United's legendary 12th man. They are huge on drumming, TIFOs, and Spanish chants. They have a rowdy edge to them, but they are largely a laid-back and welcoming group when it comes to tailgating. Notable members of the group include Javier Chico Solares and Big Rob Gillespie, who passed away in 2012 and 2021, respectively. Both played major roles in establishing the supporter culture at DC United, and the Chico stand is named in honor of Solares. The Screaming Eagles are the second major supporter group for DC United. They are the family-friendliest of the supporter groups, but they aren't the slouches when it comes to game day festivities. Their tailgates are centrally organized and keep a a low-key vibe with the kegs of micro-brews and grilled uh, bites. While the supporter groups are dedicated to charitable causes, the Eagles made it a central part to their mission. And then that brings me on to the District Ultras, who just finished their charity drive uh, for the Polar Bear Plunge up in Maryland. Uh, They are an offshoot of La Barra Brava, who formed in 2010 by Serdan Serdan Baste. Uh, I hope I got that right. Uh, Theirs is a Balkan vibe with big TIFOs and a penchant for smoke bombs. While they often lack in numbers is in comparison to the big two, they make up for with borderline psychotic dedication to DC United. Uh, In their own words, they are pocos peros locos, or small but crazy. They are all about the 90-minute mentality. And then this brings me to the Rose Room Collective. The Rose Room Collective is a supporter group who's formed uh, in support of the Washington Spirit and DC United. It's a group that was made by and for people of color. Their main mission is to do good in the city and amplify the voices of people of color. They're centered around DC's history with people of color. So like that is their big thing is they're all about the history and, and the influence that people have played in the district. Then lastly is 202 Unique. They're a supporter group that was founded for and by the queer community. They're also welcome. They also welcome allies who share their interests in supporting DC United, like the Screaming Eagles. They also like to have a family-friendly vibe with their group. They are all about diversity and inclusiveness. And as a bonus, as I alluded to earlier, uh, I want to shout out La Norte. Uh, they were a group uh, that was primarily. Uh, Latino who separated from La Barra Brava around 2001. For a hot minute, they occupied the north section of RFK uh, before the stadium was configured to accommodate the Washington Nationals before they built their new stadium. Uh, they there were then shifted over to the main eastern stands where they combined with the District Ultras. So, in a nutshell, that is the DC supporter groups. James, where'd I end up at there? You ended up at four minutes and 14 seconds. Get in. I love it. Okay. You're still you're still keeping within still the time there. frame. Good. Still there. Um, and then, then there's us as well. And then there's us. Then there's us. Uh, DC UK, <laughs> who is... <laughs> 
an international group and the aim for DC UK is not just to be UK based but global and to aim to bring the the club to a new wider audience so whether that's through the podcast or any other means through the group chat just social media whatever that's the whole aim of DC UK is to bring the team to a whole new wider audience so there you go that was a good one Daniel that was a very good one um as we had that mentioned uh, last week about DC history, I think, are we continuing on with uh, club history going forward for a little bit? It, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I may alternate. Uh, just depends on on what sort of strikes my fancy uh, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy getting into this and, and kind of being that this is a, you know, DC United group for kind of like the UK and global community. Uh, I know like a lot of people like they they don't know a lot of these inside things. I know for a lot of DC United people, a lot of this is is very basic. This is, you know, kind of the fan culture. But yeah, you, you always get a Reddit post like every single year of like people being like, y'all have five supporter groups. What? Which one should I join? So yeah. there is right there a pretty concise breakdown of the groups. Definitely. Uh, post on page just an excellent prof. Cheers. Hey. Alex and Adelaide, it's just giving you a nice uh, round of applause there. Thank you. So absolutely brilliant. So yeah, if you want to go and join any of the support groups, go and do it. I mean, you're more than welcome to come and join us. As mentioned earlier on in the show, just head over to dcnightkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, it is free to do so. Um, but if you do want to help support the group um, and support the podcast and how we bring this team to a new wider audience, there's a pay tier. And you get yourself a nice little uh, DC UK t-shirt as well, which if Tom was here, he could model for us. But Tom, I'm just going <laughs> to shake my head. Disappointed you weren't able to make it. But, you know, I'll let you off because there was the traffic and some rain. Um, before we move on to the fan questions and get on to that I need to play the theme tune I do love love it yeah so good Um, but yeah again before we move on to some fan questions obviously I just want to show and highlight the Cherry Blossom 2 uh, jersey which on the back uh daniel could you just describe it whilst i spin around yeah so it, it is uh the dc united kingdom fc website url along with a very beautiful uh cherry blossom tree kind of kind of in bloom lots of lots of cherry blossoms falling off a nice little sprinkle going on there uh it's gorgeous i love and especially when you stand in the light there yeah. and you see more of that blue come through yeah it's, it's fantastic and uh like i always say like this is when you see this kit like in front of you uh any pictures or or seeing it on the stream just does not do it justice uh the print is super good it's really solid uh it's a great fit yeah and it's it like yeah uh i applaud it it's it's such a good kit i mean you can see obviously that being able to stand up and actually show it off just to kind of give you guys an idea of how good the fit is i'm a giant so i stand uh-huh. at around six foot ten Jeez. and this is an XL so it's 
and I'm what around 15, 15 and a half stone in weight. Yeah. So it's it's an, it's it's not too baggy. It's not too tight, and it's even, quite long. Even for a big boy like me, I mean, it, it definitely <laughs> even on me. A double X does have a a sort of uh, if you remember those Puma kits. The real tight, you know. Oh yes. Uh, but it's it's still it's still really good, and yeah. and yeah, I love it. And it I pre- I prefer that for what it's worth. So yeah. yeah. And as you'll just see on the screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, that link down there that has all the links that um, help support the show, whether it is the membership or whether it is the Cherry Blossom Journeys jerseys. Just head on there, and uh, if you fancy one, go ahead and buy it because they are amazing and they're well priced. Yeah. yeah. They're very well priced. Fifty bones, not bad. Oh, Heather, you can you can spend about a hundred something for. Done. <laughs> you can spend almost two hundred quid. Oh my god, that's crazy. I mean, granted, I did get obviously name and netrun, but uh, thanks to Heather who uh, actually managed to sort me out and save me a few quid on that one. But yeah. uh, she wore her cherry blossom shirt to work today. Nice. So. Um, I mean, I probably will wear this when I come to DC to the game on the 21st, I think it is, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's yes. coming up. Man, it's I'm not excited. Away. I'm so excited, dude. Man. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's going to be good. So I end up arriving in DC on the 19th of May. Um, we get we get into uh, Duels International. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a trek. Woof. Yep. 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 Um, so if, if you guys out there, you want to come and uh, cheer me on as I arrive in at the airport, <laughs> give, give, give me the hero's welcome. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say no, but, uh, no, we, we're getting there. We're going to be there. Well, I'm going to be there at the game and we're going to be there for a couple of, uh, 10 days. So nice. Can't wait. Cannot yeah. wait. If there's any, any ideas of where to go to eat, where to go to visit, um, I, I, always, I always tell people um, one of the best pubs in D.C. is the Queen Vic over on H Street. Because okay. outside of England, and, and I, I've, I've been to England, granted, that was yeah. years ago. Um, but I'd love, to hear your, I'd love to hear your take on it. Because to me, like, that is one of the most like, authentic like, English-style pubs that you can find here in the States. Fair. So Queen Vic on 8th Street. Yeah, there's also a fantastic Italian place. I I don't know if it's still there, but it is a great place uh, just behind Union Station. It's like you kind of go behind it and you take a right and you go down a couple of blocks. It's got like one of those uh, overhangs, but uh, it's Hmm. it's it's one of the best like Italian places you can have in the States. So cool. I'll I'll research that one. I'll 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 send that one to you. Nice. Very nice. Right. We are coming up to some fan questions. And the first one that came in was from Brian, who is a member of DC UK. And he is asking, with his son being a Red Bulls fan, why did you allow that? And a Chelsea fan. And if you don't know, Brian is a Fulham fan. So again, why would you allow your kids to do that? Um, But his question is, what's the worst team you can imagine your children deciding to become a supporter of? 
Tom was hyping this up. He was like, I'm going to be on this show and I'm going to go yeah. off about this question. Yeah. But he's not. So. He's not. So, yeah, that's disappointing. <sighs> and I was kind of hoping to say this to his face, but I will never raise a Manchester United fan. Oh, no. Never. Oh, no, not at all. Never in my life. No. There is a plague in this country. It's called Manchester United supporters. Oh, I mean, it's not just in in, in the country; it's the world. Yes, that it, it's well, it's awful. Just no, just no. Yeah, I mean, but what you can guarantee is all those Manchester United fans aren't from Manchester. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely, or I know uh, one of the guys in DCUK, Andy. Um, he says he's from Manchester and he supports Man United, but he actually lives in the southwest. So we're not uh, now we're not allowing that. <laughs> he doesn't live there, so he's not he's not from Manchester anymore. Um, but this is good gatekeeping. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, I know my people. Yeah, yeah, I know my people. Um, yeah, I mean for me, it would MLS wise, it would either <laughs> Red Bulls. Yeah. Is obviously the obvious one, or Atlanta United? I yeah. really don't like Atlanta United. Okay. Um, and for UK wise, I would lean Galaxy. I would. I would. I okay. would not raise a Galaxy supporter. I mean, yeah, that would be another one. That's another. That's good the show. Manchester United of MLS. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, UK wise, it would. I mean, if he became a fan of either Newcastle or Sunderland, okay, yep, that that that's instant disowning. <laughs> he will not be allowed in the house if that was to happen. But yeah, um, yeah that, that for me that would be it. Gotcha. And I imagine if your 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 child became a fan of Tottenham Hotspurs, uh huh. <laughs> Honestly, like if you look at the history between Tottenham Hotspur fans, have much more of a beef against our. I the the way that all played out uh, is is interesting, but um, yeah, I know the whole St. Totteringham's Day, like you know that whole thing, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. There are worse teams that annoy me more than Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's something lovable about them. I don't know what it is. I, maybe the white jerseys. Who knows? Maybe it's the the bird on the ball. I don't know. Fair. But <laughs> I think I you just them. pleased a lot of Tottenham fans. <laughs> After all the hate, I think I think you just pleased a lot of Tottenham fans. There is some love there from an Arsenal fan, for sure. Oh dear. Um, so there you go. I hope that answers your question, Brian. And I expect another question from you next week. So, oh, we got something in the chat. Uh, oh, about the pizza. P Pizzeria is the best pizza in all of DC. Deep dish with cornmeal crust. Ooh. Okay. Fair. That sounds like that needs a visit from yeah. me. <laughs> I like I it. Check that out. Check that out. Um, John. If you follow me on either like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, drop me details and on DM. Let yeah. Me know. Um, speaking of which, next up for the questions, uh, these came through on Instagram. The first one is a good one. It's a it's Jackson Hopkins. 
Is he the next Kevin Paredes? Mm. I mean, granted, we've not really seen too much of uh, Jackson, but so far, it's been good. Yeah. I need to... Uh, the, the thing that's holding me back a little bit is we had the same level of hype at the beginning with Kevin Predders as we did with Griffin Yao and Moses Nyman. Mm-hmm. And we look at the latter two. Nyman, it feels like when he comes in, he gets sent off and then it goes missing for six months. Yep. And Griffin just unfortunately hasn't quite got to the level we were expecting. Granted, it could still kick on a little bit, but um, the but I mean, they need game time. That's the big thing. Yeah. And, and and I think some camera time as well. You know, it's it's yeah. sort of one of those things where you know you you have to kind of see their personality. You have to get more kind of on the field looks at them. Uh, so yeah, way too early to make that type of call. Yeah. Um, but the, I, instant, I want, the instant hype is there though. I want to, I want to see who the next Aleko Eskandarian would be. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, that dude is awesome. Yeah. That, that that Duncan on on the New Jersey Red Bulls. That was brilliant. Yes. That was superb. Um, Victor, I hope that answers your question there. Um, next up is from uh, David Klein over on Instagram as well. Um, interesting question. If you gave DCU front office truth serum and asked when they think DCU will next win MLS Cup, what would they say? Um, oh, man. That's a great uh, question. Truth serum. Um, hmm. I, I, I think, I think the, the answer you get is I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, they reckon that in the next five to ten years. They'd reckon, but would they be be able to answer, or would that be the truthful answer? Uh, I think what you have, and and this is how ownership groups operate, is that you know it is the finances, it is about yeah. keeping the ship floating. Um, that is their concern. Uh, yeah. It's it's selling the the seats, selling the the you know merchandise, uh, and and winning games is nice, but also making. Uh, economical decisions with the players i i know that's it's bad but you know that's that's how they operate and and in mls even more so because you are dealing with so many uh financial uh constraints in how you can operate that it's it is not an enviable enviable position uh as far as the front office goes uh as far as the ownership goes eh whatever uh <laughs> they don't care no. uh it's toys but no yeah front office yeah i i you know i don't think yeah you would get an answer that says like in the next five years i don't think that happens within the next five years um yeah 10 years is probably a decent guess yeah, it'll, it'll be a bit. You know, they just bought a new stadium, and look when you when you get a new stadium, this happens all the time. You that becomes the main concern is recouping the costs of that. Yeah, 
it's not a sexy answer, but like that's that's the mode you uh, get. That's into. the honest answer, though. Isn't yeah, it? It, it truly is. So that's about yeah. probably the most honest answer you would get with the truth serum. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I think they would believe their own their own hype, whether yeah. they think it's right or not. That they would they would believe it so much that they think it's the truth. Yeah, and they would say the next five to ten years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we win MLS Cup in the next five years, I, it'll be, be a fluke. Yeah, <laughs> I it don't. I don't. I yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. I don't think you get. Oh, I don't know. This as teams always had kind of a flux about it. It's it's tough to sort of like say they have like an overall identity like those early championship teams mm. did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, we'll have to, because those were just like complete teams. They had everything covered from, you know, defense to the midfield to the final third. Like, yeah, they were just so well built in that time. That's it, isn't it? But then saying that there weren't too many other teams to build that competition. So now there's obviously many more teams. There's obviously much more competition and things become a little bit more muddy. But, you know. We'll see what happens. Especially if you're playing that money ball. Uh, you know, you are not getting the flashy players. You are getting, you know, you're trying to do the most with with what little you have. Yeah. So that's yeah. just the reality right there. I mean, I still go back to thinking about that uh, st- that comment that uh, Jason Levian said about spending. We're, we're going to be middle of, the pl- middle of the park in terms of spending. So it's just like, oh. But we're also going to get spoiled with uh, championships. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do that with just spending an average amount of money. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I mean, in this day and age, when was the last time? I mean, apart from, well, Leicester City is the only time I can think of where a team has not spent yeah. a stupid amount of money and won something. Yep. And other than that, yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. Those are the questions all answered. So do remember, send them in um, whenever you want to. We'll answer them on the show live, live on out. And uh, thank you for sending those those ones in. Um, so we need to go back to guess DC who. So this player scored the winning goal in the last time we beat Houston Dynamo at home. And that was back in 2014, um, 23rd of 23rd of May, I think I said. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, 9th. Uh, oh, no, that's that's the wrong game. Let me go back. Uh, where are we? 2014, 2-0. Yeah, 22nd of May, 2014. Argentinian forward who played 59 times and scored 20 goals for DC United overall. Uh-huh. Who's your guess? I'm trying to uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my timetables correct here. Uh yeah. I don't know if he was there in 2014. I can give you one last clue which will probably give it away. Okay. But this might just confirm who you're thinking. Uh-huh. Felipe. I will mention Felipe. Well, that just confuses me even more. Okay. 
I don't know. Uh, I guess Felipe. So what did Felipe do to this player that made us hate him initially? I don't remember, but so, I guess the the name I had, and yeah. maybe this makes me even more incorrect. Um, but God, was it a spindola? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Fabian Espindola. So Felipe, I think oh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it was this dude. Um, wow. But I th- if I remember rightly, Felipe went in and uh, did his cruise ship. Oh wow. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I, I I knew we hated him, but I think I completely forgot like why that was. Okay. Yeah. That's really specific. And like I man, I completely forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. I just remembered as I, I was thinking, ah, that that's but yeah, Espindola. There you oh. go. Oh, you got it right. That just came uh, that just that was a just kind of yeah a name that kind of came out and uh, to be fair wow. he, did, he did all right for us I mean two for two now yeah nice there you go <laughs> right we're coming to the uh, that point in the show where we need to uh, wrap things up so all I'm going to say is Daniel where can the good folk out there find you find me on Twitter uh, at Professor DCUK. Uh, you know, I am the beans side of soccer, meaning I don't, I, you know, I don't tweet to make sense. I make my own sense. And if, if that's your vibe, then give me a follow. Absolutely. I mean, Professor DCUK, what do you need more than that? eh? I mean, obviously apart from myself, um, (laughs) John, I mean, John, thank you for following us on, uh, Twitter. I've just seen you come up there. So thank you very much. Um, But again, also don't forget to subscribe and like the episodes. Well, subscribe to the uh, podcast, like this particular episode. And if you're listening to on audio, give us a rating and review. Uh, Because that always helps us, again, reach that wider audience, which is what DCUK is all about. Mm -hmm. And if there's any way you want to support the show, just head to that link there that's up on screen which is bio.link forward slash dc united kingdom and if you do want to follow us um just head over on uh on twitter it's at dc united kingdom and facebook and instagram it's dc uk fc um but other than that i think we've got one last thing that we need to say which is uh until next time vamos united oh daniel is there anyone you're going to give a shout out to Oh, shout out.